Welcome back, everyone, to the new episode of Father Daughter Horror House. Um, sorry, we have been away this week. A lot of mechanical issues and then uh, house illness, but we are back, and uh, I think we got a really good episode to make up for last week missing. So it's, it's not the nineteen virus, just so everyone knows. Just not under the weather. Yeah. Okay. So again, welcome back to Father Daughter Horror House. The greatest podcast in the world where a father and daughter sit down and discuss horror movies from their respective generations. My name is Steve. I'll be covering movies from my favorite generations from the 70s through the 90s. And uh, I'm Tater, the daughter, uh, and I will be covering horror movies from the 2000s to the present date. Excellent. So this week, um, because I just found this out today... That apparently February is uh, International Women in Horse Month. Wait, Women in Horses Month? Women in Horror Month. Oh, Women in Horror. Yeah, from like uh, actresses, uh, directors, writers, you name it. If a woman has been involved in a horror movie, this is their month of appreciation. Compared to the other 11 months when the men get the appreciation. Because, you know, we're men and we deserve more apparently. Apparently. <laughs> That's such an asinine way of looking at things. But, you know, I'm glad that they are taking the time to at least appreciate the women in the industry and not just, you know, the scream queens and uh, the women who are in horror movies for basically take off your top and run around and then trip over a log in the woods. Yeah. You know, I appreciate those because, again, in the 19, uh, the 80s and whatnots, those were... Again, classic movie tropes. Let's go skinny dipping. Let's run through the trees. But Let's do this stupid cliche horror thing. Exactly. It's just, it's been done to death. And I feel, for a lot of times, it's not necessary anymore, right? Yeah. But again, a lot of people write scripts nowadays with women in mind just to get them into a, a nude scene. So. Yeah, that's just odd on my, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Like you said, there is... Oh, where am I going to go here? It's just, it's, there, there is trashy versions of it. So again, there are some movies where it's done tastefully, okay? Yeah, like, in a mocking way, or like, as you've said, tastefully. Yeah. So, in honor of Women in Horror Month, uh, Tater Tot, uh, why don't you go first this week? Oh, alright then. And you hit us up with whatever movie you made us watch this week. Well, I picked... It's actually a movie that does center around mothers and children and such. So I guess that does kind of fit with the theme, doesn't it? Nice. Good thinking. Um, and the movie I picked today was the 2020 Netflix movie. No, I don't know if it was a Netflix movie. I don't it, know. it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. It was The Wretched. Right. And when you told me this movie, my first thought was, it's a Netflix movie. Uh, they are not really well known for their horror movies yeah they're they're not that great like almost all the time yeah what is there's one streaming service out there that specifically does horror movies i can't remember what it's called now um uh shutter shutter that's the one even their movies are questionable yeah but a lot, uh, a lot of um low budget horror movies yeah. from companies like that are pretty questionable i have heard that Netflix is apparently in the works of upgrading their horror selections and, you know, a little bit going a little bit darker, which would be nice because 
Yeah, I can def that would definitely be nice. Because Netflix does have the... They do have, like, the means to do it. They, have, they just don't have... Yeah, the, the money, money and the, the capability. Sets, the actors, they don't have anything. Yeah. Really, so... Yeah. Alright, so tell us about right. The Wretched. Alright, it was a movie created by Brett and Drew Pierce, the two brothers. It was written and directed by them, actually. Uh, and it stars John Paul Howard, Piper Curta. Curta, yeah. Curta. I'm so sorry if I butcher any of these names. <laughs> I am illiterate. Uh, and Jameson Jones. And it was rated a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It was released on May 1st of 2020. Nice. In the USA. And a fun fact, The Wretched grossed $1.8 in the United States and Canada, and $2.5 in other territories, but for worldwide, it gained a total of $4.3 million. Yeah, which is, for... For a Netflix movie, that's yeah. really freaking good. It, it did come off kind of low budget, so the fact they made so much is uh, surprising. But I will say, I was really invested in this movie when i started watching like okay it's again netflix movie i'm not expecting high things but it came off really well i I really enjoyed it at the end i really loved the special effects they had in it too from like spoiler the the wretched or as the witch goes by the dark mother like uh pulling the neck out of the child in the opening scene like that scene gave me chills i was not expecting it to hit me that hard at first or i I don't i don't know if this had to have been practical effects obviously yeah but when uh the dark mother makes her first appearance and she comes out of that deer carcass oh yeah you just see like the two hands yeah coming out of the deer and like i hope that was a fake deer i yeah (laughs) otherwise you're really dedicated (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was a fake deer. At least I hope it was. On, yeah, on the notes of um, the people involved in the cast, uh, did, did you notice the, the makeup artist? Uh, no, who was the makeup artist? His name is Eric Porn. <laughs> I was like, that's all I got from the opening credits. Like, this guy's name is Mike or Eric Porn. Like, that guy's badass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a stage name. It's actually his name. I looked it up. Yeah, that's worse than a... Holland Cox, which is an actual dude. Holland Cox. Yeah. Is he a trucker? No. Oh, does he haul chickens around? What does he do? Like, I don't know. I was just, I was on the internet and I saw... You were on the internet looking up Holland Cox. You gotta be careful. Your Google history is going to be a mess now. No, it was like Holden. <laughs> Holland <laughs> Cox? <laughs> it was like... Even, that's not better. It was like a Twitter meme or whatever. And this guy was like, oh, what if your name was Holt? holding berries and people just think you're holding berries all the time Mm. and the guy commented was like okay i feel targeted yeah that's that's name discrimination (laughs) right Right, carrying on (laughs) not from holding cocks but uh uh a defiant basically the plot summarized within four sentences well not even sentences i'm illiterate keep that in mind a defiant teen boy, struggling with his parents' imminent divorce, faces a thousand-year-old witch who is living beneath the skin and posing as the woman next door. Which is a pretty solid plot. 
and it reminds me a lot of a Native American folktale called the Skinwalker. Right. Which is like, I can't remember how it happened. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with like the devil or whatever. Skinwalkers. Yeah. From my knowledge, I believe a skinwalker was a Native American medicine person uh, who eventually ended up working in the dark arts, like becoming uh, dark magic, essentially. Right, right. And uh, essentially, I believe it is, if you be if you consume the flesh of a human, you are then marked and therefore are transformed into a skinwalker. No, that's a Wendigo, I'm pretty sure. So Wendigos are the humans. What are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about a skinwalker. What's the difference? Well, a wendigo is a deer-like creature that eats people. Oh. And a skinwalker is someone who can either skin a human or an animal or whatever and wear their skin to turn into them. Oh, okay. It's basically a Native American witch or, or wizard or whatever. Okay. Well, may, maybe that's just my ignorance. I thought they were the same thing. No, they're pretty different. Oh, all right. Good. Most okay. people do confuse them. I'm being I, educated. I, I confuse them for the most part. But another another little fun fact. Technically, this movie was the number one theatrical film in North America for five weeks in May of 2020. Well, taking into consideration that COVID has yeah. really put a hamper on the movie industry. Um, so hopefully... Yeah, it was one of the only movies playing for that month. Yeah, so, so they had an edge. But no, hopefully the movie industry can recover. And I honestly, I would love to see more lower budget films like this given extra money to you know, put towards their practical effects or makeup or anything, you know, just give them extra money so that people have some entertainment to watch during our potential lockdown situations. Yeah, because I personally love practical effects. Yeah. It just makes the movie pop that much more. Which, uh, bring the Without things, um, things in a movie popping out, the opening song was by Joy Pop, and it was called Desire. It, I suggest you listen to the song. It's honestly amazing. I was listening to it. It was a custom-made song for the movie. Nice. And it was like a bop. Like I was jamming to it for the opening for like the whole scene. It seemed very upbeat for such a dark film. Yeah, like, the girl just got her neck open, like, bitten open by the mother. Or mother in quotation marks, because right. it was the witch. And then you just get this really upbeat, almost rock-like song right after. It was, it was, a, it was a definitely a mood switch. switch. Right. Well, I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but uh, this movie really reminded me of uh, the 1954 Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Rear Window. I haven't heard of that one. No, it's very old. But Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock, he does a lot of great movies, you know. But I in heard in the name. in uh, Rear Window, this guy is in a, a cast in a wheelchair, so he's stuck in his apartment, and all he can do is take binoculars and look around and spy on his neighbors because he's bored essentially, right? and he is convinced he sees a murder, kind of similar to this film, right? He sees things. He's like, "Wow, that was odd," but no one believes him. To the point where it's just paranoia and paranoia, right? And people are like, you're crazy. No one's believing him. And finally, he's actually right. And he's like, I want to say boy who cried wolf, but this guy was right the whole time. And no one believed him. Yeah. That, that. 
So I got that vibe from this movie. Like, they're really feeding off that inspiration. Yeah, except, like, the witch was, like, making them forget things. Which yeah. was, like, a pretty big difference. Yeah, so it's it a nice little twist to make it their own without, like, no completely, um, what's the word like, I'm looking for here? completely just reusing it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say plagiarize, but, no, everyone plagiarizes everyone at some point because... Yeah, even if you don't admit it, you've probably done that, like, yeah. quoting someone or, like, whatever. There's very few original ideas left in the world. Yeah, very so, sadly. But, no, again, you're allowed to take inspiration from people, like Alfred Hitchcock, and, again, he has done so much in the movie industry and for the horror genre that it's very hard not to have some kind of inspiration, you know. But as long as you're not just, yeah. like, rewriting the whole movie, like, uh, Disturbia came out. I think it was Shia LaBeouf, or Lila LaBeau. No, yeah. I, I, say LaBeouf. I don't like to say LaBeouf because I'm like, you know. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a movie called Disturbia, and it was basically exactly the same thing as Rear Window. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so then, moving on from that, what movie have you made us watch today, Father? Well, well remember last week, or last episode, uh, I told you I was going to be doing the creature feature film. Oh, okay? yes, I'm yes. going to take that back. What? I, I rewatched my movie, and I'm going to say it is not a creature feature. It is... I, I just don't feel it deserves that title. It, it should have its own title, you know? Because what I made us watch was... Because... Want to give me a drum roll? Well, it's not a surprise, because I already told you last week what yeah, we were doing. Yeah, exactly. I, we made us watch the, the 1981 classic, An American Werewolf in London. London. Okay, And this movie is hitting 40 years old this week. Really? 40? Yeah. And, taking consideration, this movie is now 40. The practical effects used in this film were so beyond their time. You know? It was just... It blew people's minds. Yeah, like, the werewolf in that, I was, like... When I first saw it, I I was, like, so confused because I, I couldn't tell, like, if it was, like, a puppet, a costume, an animatronic. All of the above. It was, like, all of them. Mm-hmm. And they, it was so well put together. And for only half the freaking animatronic. Yeah. So, an American Werewolf in London, 1981. Uh, this movie had a $10 million budget. Which, you know, pretty decent for 40 years ago. Yeah. Okay? And it pulled up $3.7 million opening weekend. So, people were not flocking to it, but word gets around. Yeah. Okay? So, in 40 years, or over 40 years... This movie has brought back over $30 million on a $10 million budget. But taking consideration, that is 1981 money. Okay? Right. So it's done great. And it's still sitting on a 7.5 on IMBD. Still. Exactly. And again, over 40 years, those drop dramatically over time. Because people are like, oh, the visual effects, and no one cares for the old day camera stuff, right? So yeah. they feel like they watch it now, like, that's garbage. Here's a two. It doesn't, like, stick up to modern-day horror movies, basically. Exactly. So to sit at seven and a half still, that's pretty damn impressive. Because um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at 87%, and with an audience score of 85. So it's doing fine. Only 85? Only 80, Well, 85 is 
still pretty damn good for audience. Yeah, that's a good over point. forty years. That's that's a good point, actually. Oh, so anyway, the movie now we get into John Landis. Uh, he's the director of this movie. Um, he also did. Uh, you're gonna love this, and your mother's gonna love this too, because I make her listen to these. Because Hi, we Mom. need we need the listenership. I'll take who I can get. To be honest, um, he directed uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. Oh, really? Yeah, you can see where the practical effects come in. Now you can see the similarities. Now that I think about it, yeah, I can definitely see that. Right? And he also did a bunch of other Michael Jackson stuff. But for your mother, he did uh, Disneyland's 30th and 35th anniversary celebration. What? Isn't really? that a, that's a complete 180, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Go from uh, werewolves and zombies to happiest place on earth. Yeah. That's uh, I'm that's a really impressive motion. Yeah. Like range. Range. Though. Yeah, but I I read that I'm like that's that's got to be a misprint. Oh, uh, but and on top of this movie, like this was a scary movie. Yeah. You know? He has gone on to do other movies such as like your your grandfather. He's going to love these movies, right? These were stuff he grew up on. Uh, the Three Amigos. Oh, with, so old, uh, with old Steve, stuff. Yeah, Steve Martin, you know, who worked at Disneyland in the Magic yeah. Shop. Wait, really? Yeah, he, he, that's where he got his start. Disney gave him an, an opportunity. Uh, Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills Cop 3. And The Blues Brothers with Dan Aykroyd. And uh, what's the other guy's name? Buscemi? I don't know. I... No, not Steve Buscemi. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was going to drive me nuts though. Anyway, he died. Did he? No, I'm pretty sure he might be alive. Anyway, forget I said it. Forget. Yeah, we don't know who he is and we don't know if he's alive or dead. Good luck finding out who it is. What's the Blues Brothers? It's a classic. I haven't seen him personally because it's not my forte. Yeah, I've not heard of any of these movies. Uh, and then he did um, two episodes of the anthology uh, Masters of Horror. Masters he did of Family Horror. and Dear Woman. Dear which is, Woman. Yeah, it's almost like uh, a Skinwalker type story where she's a female up top, deer legs on the bottom. So like a Wendigo. Yeah, there you go, Wendigo. Yeah. <laughs> did she uh, eat people? She kicked the crap out of them with her little deer legs. It's kind of amusing to me. Then she runs like this. That's my running sound. <laughs> yeah, they can't see you doing that. Oh, sorry. All they do I, is just, just, yeah, just yeah, picture yeah. me sitting here, moving my arms very up and down like a robot. Going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I run. Yeah, he didn't do very good in the track and field. What are you talking about? I was an all-star. Mm. Anyway, keeping in consideration, I'm now 40 and fat. Anyway. Well, you got that right. Rude. Uh, so this movie went on. It was one of the first. I'm not gonna say the first. It was the first movie, horror movie. Well, I'm not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Okay, I lied. It was the first movie ever to win the Academy Award for best makeup. Best makeup. Yep. It was oh, 1981. Sorry. Was the first year they had this award. And uh, it went on to see her. Uh, Rick Baker won an Oscar. And, uh, yeah. And it won the Saturn Award for Best Horror Movie. 
uh, Best Makeup and Best Actress nominee, uh, Jenny Aguder. Jenny Baguder. Aguder. Aguder. Oh, and uh, it was nominated for Best Writing, uh, John Landis, for directing. I don't blame It's actually a pretty solid story, even like nowadays. What's that? So it's a pretty solid story, even like nowadays. The American Werewolf in London? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, you, you that's had that the blank movie look we're on. talking about. Right. Okay. Um, all the songs in this movie contain the word moon. No, which is... Oh, I can... I get why, because werewolf and everything. Because right. the full moon, right? And so, when you're listening to the soundtrack, you're sitting there going, I'm catching a theme here, but it's done deliberately, and you're like, it's really smooth, and it's really smart. Yeah, because like... Like I said, werewolves and moons, and they, like, they kind of fit together just a little bit. Mm. So uh, the director, John Landis, he wrote the screenplay for this movie back in 1970. 1970? Yeah. Uh, it was after an incident while filming uh, Kelly's Heroes, uh, where he was uh, a gopher. You know, you know what a gopher is in the movie industry? I know what a gopher is. I don't know what a gopher is in the movie industry. Oh, uh, okay. A gopher is basically... Someone who's told, hey, go for coffee. Go for that. Go for that. So they were called a gopher. Oh. So he was a gopher on this movie. And then he saw... Um, I a, thought you just meant like he was dressed up as a gopher and played a gopher. Well, you never know. In the movie industry back in the 70s, they could get on the way with murder. But we won't get into that story today. Uh, anyway, he saw a, a gypsy funeral. And the body was being buried feet first and wrapped up in garlic. Uh, to prevent it from rising from the dead. Like a vampire. Yeah, but that was their, uh, that was their concern, right? Because we all know dead people, you don't wrap them in garlic, they're going to come back as a vampire. Well, different cultures have different beliefs, right? And again, this gypsy funeral, they wanted to make sure this wasn't going to happen. In the 1970s, ask your, your grandfather, you know, it's it was a different time. Yeah, yeah I can... I can Yes. Can we just, like, talk about that one scene where he's, like, he's turning into the werewolf and, oh, like, the, his face deforms? The transformation? Like, I had, to turn the, I had to turn it off and, like, just step away for a minute because I, I don't get grossed out easily. But that scene, I was like, oh, God, no, that's... Because it looked pretty real for, like, the camera quality, the animatronics they used, prosthetics. It just looked... Brutal. Oh, exactly. And again, in 1981, these techniques used were so unheard of that people in the movie theater, when they watched this, were very put off. You know? Yeah, because uh, it's like, I don't blame them. Because uh, uh, the main lead in the movie, uh, David uh, Naughton, he took his parents to the premiere to see this movie, mm-hmm. and they laughed stunned. They were so put off by it not in a negative way I want to say but they were just they did not expect that level you know yeah because no one really expects their son to turn into a werewolf do they well I expect that every day you know your younger brother I would would not be surprised if he turned into a werewolf and just started snipping at people's ankles well he's very he'd be it'd be very terrifying imagine a baby werewolf Homer. Would it be just like would it be just like a baby that turned into a full werewolf? Or would it just turn into like a little wolf pup? Well I'm thinking Hotel Transylvania. 
Yeah, so we're just little like, baby werewolves. Yeah, just a little, just a little puppy. And then rips out your jugular <laughs> because you don't see the babies coming. You, that's a good point. You never see the babies coming. We need to stop the babies. Yeah, let's put an end to babies. No babies, twenty twenty two. Go. No. Okay, we'll work on it. We'll 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 shop it. Okay. Destroy all children. Destroy all children. This message is supported by the Father Daughter Horror Podcast. Don't yep. take this out of context. Why are you giving it a thumbs up? That's a good. That's a good point. People can't see you, just like my running. <laughs> <laughs> just picture it. Okay. Anyway, uh, in the movie, to uh, the scene where uh, he's having his dream, like he hasn't turned into a werewolf yet, but he's having this dream, right? And right. these Nazi werewolves come storming through the house. And they, As they, one does. Yeah, and they kill his family you know, in his dream. Uh, the director, Rick Baker, actually played one of the werewolves. The Nazi werewolves. And he's the one that slit the guy's throat. Oh, frick, yeah. Because yeah. if you're making a movie, you might as well be in it. You know? That's, that's a good point. Have some fun on set. Like Stan Lee. Oh, yeah, like his cameos. Are, are well. I'm not. We're not going to compare Stan Lee to this guy. Stan Lee's cameos are legendary. Yeah, you know? I know. And they're, just they're little like, short spurts, right? Yeah, being in a movie and like that just reminded me of Stan Lee. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. Um, the cast again. Uh, David Notting or Notton, sorry. He did another movie in 1990 called The Sleeping Car. The Sleeping Car. Yeah, it's about a, a train, and again, I want to cover this movie too because I really enjoyed this. Um. He did go on to do some other movies, but nothing came even close to touching uh, Werewolf in London. So, it's like a sleeping car. Is the car just like asleep? No, it's it was one of the He's just snoozing. One of the trailers that the the train would pull, but it was designed for sleeping in. I know. I was poking fun at like a oh. car sleeping. Oh. Like in Cars, Pixar. I never saw a train in that movie. Come to think of it. No, it was that when Lightning McQueen almost got hit by that train. Were all the cars individual, or is it just the train? Anyway, we're not we're not talking about cars. Wait, no, hold up. Don't bite me. Sorry. He almost bit me. By the way. Uh, well, put your finger in my mouth. I didn't put my finger in your mouth. I close. pointed at you. You you did it again. <laughs> um, well, cause in cars, Pixar cars. I don't know how we got. We Pixar cars. Would they be connect? Would they be connected, human centipede style? I don't like that thought. Think about it. I really don't like that thought. Pixar's like, yes, that's what we're going for. Thank you for finally picking <laughs> up on it. Yeah, they're just... <laughs> That's so wrong. Moving on from Pixar's cars, as you were saying. Oh, okay. So anyway, the the, the main actor in the movie, David Naughton, uh, he did a commercial for Dr. Pepper, and he was fired from it after this movie came out because of his, uh, his the amount of nudity he put out in this movie. Oh, I thought you meant the amount of... <laughs> the amount of nudity he put in the... In the Dr. Pepper commercial? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, because, you know, that's how we do Dr. Pepper commercials. Just hold a can in front of your Jungo. Buy it. Um, what's wrong with you tonight? Anywho. Crudes. 
Drugs? Gravel is not drugs. It's technically drugs. Fine. Um, you may be surprised to know this, but uh, cranberry jam was used as the main blood source in this movie. Wait, really? Cranberry yeah. jam? Because it's, uh, well, it's jam, for one, so it sticks, but the cranberry aspect, even like that visceral, chunky look. Oh, that's true. So they were just like, okay, stay still. And then just, psh, yep. just throw it at Oh, exactly. And just like, well, there you go. That's my throwing sound, too, by the way. Yeah, he also made a kind of weak pitch kind of throw. Uh, you can definitely tell. Yeah, you weren't that great in jail, don't were throw, you? You're throw shaming me. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, and also with uh, with Jet, David Naughton there, uh, first day on set was uh, was the scene uh, where he was found nude in the wolf cage at the zoo. So essentially, this guy walked on set, and goes, "All right, what are we doing today? Strip down. Just okay. Strip down. Get in with these wolves, and let's do this. Let's throw some cranberry jam on you. You yeah. know, don't worry about it. Fuck. Okay. Language. Sorry." Uh, but it's just, um, he spent 50% of this movie naked. 50? 50%. Half the movie, he was nude. It was really a lot of filming. And again, he was cool with it, right? So. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be 50%, though. Yeah, well, he filmed it half the time, right? But that obviously did make it all into the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured. Yeah. Uh, the, the legendary transformation sequence... Of him, you no know, turning into the wolf for the first time. Right. Yeah, that scene. It, it's a two-minute-long scene, right? Yet the werewolf on film is seen only one minute. Only one minute. For the entire film, Seems collectively. Seems a lot longer. Well, that's the thing. They use it so sparingly and in such flash sequences, you don't even think about. It. You're like, dude, I saw the wolf. Oh, there it is, right? Oh, but you only see it on see on screen for one minute, collectively. I did not think that'd be one minute. No, pretty impressive, though. Yeah, really impressive. And uh, only nine people died in this movie. Only nine? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I can see that. I thought it was less, to be honest. Yeah. Because they did it sparingly again, right? Uh, So I would encourage everyone who has not seen this movie as of yet to definitely see it. This movie is a staple of the horror community, and it has to be watched. And, like, creature werewolf features, I guess? Yeah, I again, I don't feel it should be called a creature feature because it's a werewolf movie. It's flat out a werewolf. Yeah, okay? that's still a creature, isn't it? Yeah, but I feel there's other... When I say creature, I'm thinking, like, a bog monster or the fly. Stuff like that where it's an actual creature. But a werewolf, to me, comes off as, as its own... Yeah, so a werewolf movie... Yeah, werewolves are their own subgenre of movie. So it's in the same category as Twilight. How dare you? <laughs> I, uh, that hurt my feelings. You, you cannot compare that bag of crap to this iconic status, okay? You just hurt all the 13-year-old girl's feelings. I don't care. 13-year-olds, <laughs> am I right? No? Okay. Lily, Lily's almost 13. Yeah, but she doesn't listen to this. 
So I could say that. That's a good point. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind. All right. Ready? We'll wrap this up with a mind blower. Don't smirk at me. Okay. Here's a fan theory for you. All right. Okay? Shoot. Uh, in the movie, when, uh, when David and his buddy get attacked in the opening scene. Right. Right? The theory is he was so traumatized by his friend's death that he went crazy. And he never actually becomes a physical werewolf. The whole movie is just him going crazy, going around killing people. That's why at the end of the movie, at the very final scene where uh, um, Nurse Alex goes down that back alley to confront him because he's pinned down there. He's trapped, right? Mm-hmm. She goes down there and she sees this huge wolf creature, but she doesn't seem scared of it. She's like talking to it as if it is Jack, you know, the character. Sorry, not Jack, David, the character. Right? So she doesn't see a wolf. And no one throughout the entire film says, hey, there's a werewolf. One guy says, there's a beast in there at, in the movie theater. But it could have just been like an analogy because the British have that slang terminology, right? Right, right. So, and then at, she doesn't see a werewolf per se. She sees David. And she's trying to get him, hey, calm down. Let me help you. I'm going to fix this. Right? And then at the end, when he lunges at her and the cops shoot him, um, he goes back to being a human. So was he human the whole time? And was the transformation just metaphorical? Like, was that his his body and his brain going, I'm having a psychosis here, right? It's an interesting thought. I'm thinking about that now. Like Personally, I'm saying he was an actual werewolf because that's what I want to believe. Yeah, because, like, an actual werewolf is definitely a lot more badass Yeah. than a guy having a mental breakdown. Which but, is, again, it adds its own thing in its own right, too, right? Yeah, like... Like, look at the movie Fight Club. Yeah. Wait, what? Well, the guy had a complete... No, we don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Carry on, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was the whole process behind that movie, too. The guy was having such a, a psychological breakdown that he was physically seeing his own invisible friend yeah yeah i've heard of the movie i haven't seen it oh we have to watch that one all right because i know i've watched a few movies this week that were not horror uh like i watched um uh monster hunter yeah we watched it together that was a pretty good movie yeah but i wouldn't call that a horror movie no i'd say a fantasy action yeah so, maybe we should sit and watch Fight Club one time. Maybe. But, uh, oh, I, I had so many notes for this movie, and I kind of just ran through them all because I was so excited. Yeah, but, it was uh, a pretty good movie. But that's pretty much all I got on 1981's American Werewolf in London. Please go see it. Because you need to. Yeah, it's actually one oh, of the... And, sorry, real quick, it did have a sequel. Oh, it did? I don't... Okay. I don't know if this was a sequel... It's called American Werewolf in Paris. I've heard of it, definitely. And I've seen it, but it just, it's so bag-ass words. It's, like, I don't know. I didn't like it as compared to this. Like, the fact that they're trying to basically piggyback off the success of that movie, it, 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 I didn't like it. Yeah, it's just not possible, really. Yeah. And apparently there's a, a reboot for American Werewolf in London in the works. 
Well, that'll be that'll be interesting with like all the modern technology. Yeah. Well, I just hope they don't CGI the crap out of it. Yeah, I want to see. I really hope they stick with the practical yeah, effects. Practical effects, the shit out of that movie with current technology. Yeah. Oh yes. Like, have you seen modern day animatronics? Like, yeah. Have you seen what they have at Disneyland or Disney Disney World? And any sure. any Disney park. Yeah. Like the, they, I want to see a werewolf moving around. On screen, basically. In a Disney park? On screen. <laughs> oh, okay. No, in the reboot. But yeah. I, I have some funny stories about this movie, actually. Yeah, what do you got? First time I ever heard of it, I was around 10, and I was snooping around in your room. And it was on... Listen, I, I can explain those items in the drawer. Um, no, I'm the, not talking about those. They were oh, off, so I'm, was, so, sorry, sorry. It was a bookshelf. Right. And you had all your movies on it. And I remember I pulled it out, and it was right next... I remember it was right next to Saw 3. It was... <laughs> okay. And I, I pulled it out, and it was like... Because I keep things in alphabetical order. Apparently. Uh, a, a is right next to S. <laughs> <laughs> I like to spell words with my movie collection. Did you, uh... Did you pass school? Did you graduate, sir? Listen. I did. Surprisingly, so hey, don't I'll, give up. You I'll, can do it. Uh, if I can do it, you can do it. Because he's kind of an idiot. Uh, anyways. I'm only one of three people in my entire family to graduate, so. Wait, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, honestly. I have a big family, so that says a lot. Yeah. But anyways, I pulled out this movie, and I remember bringing it to you. And uh, I was like, oh, Dad, do you want to watch this? It looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I just remember mom being like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> your, your mother does not uh, appreciate the uh, the horror genre as we do. I was 10, so I, under, I understand it now. Hey, I remember when I was 8, 10, 9, in that order. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Cause I would just sit at the top of the stairs and watch as everyone else watched these horror movies. Because I would say, we're watching a movie. Go to your room. We'll come get you when we're done. I would just sit there and watch through the banister, watch these movies, <laughs> because I'm a little shit disturber. Honestly, I can see you doing that. Yeah, but, and again, you have to consider, too, you will never have the privilege of spending your Friday nights walking through a blockbuster and seeing these movies all lined up on the shelves, going, and just taking a movie off the, case, off the shelf, look at the case and go, I know nothing about this movie, but this case looks amazing, and it makes me want to go watch it. Like, yeah, like... American Werewolf in London, like, you saw the movie case? Yeah. That's what drew you in, right? Yeah, I can't remember... I remember it was just, like, the guy halfway through transforming, like, yelling at the top. And it was, like, the yeah. girl at the, on the side with, like, the werewolf there. Yeah, the howl coming. Yeah, I don't know if you still have that. I'd have to look. I, I should really have it. I'm not gonna go do it right now. Yeah, but I just... I remember that was the first time I ever saw that movie. I didn't see it. I just saw the cover, mm-hmm. but I thought it was interesting. And that's what draws you, especially in the nineteen eighties and the the nineties. These movies—that's what they had to go on. There was no internet. You had to go to a movie or a, a blockbuster or a video king or whatever you had, right? And look at the movie cases and say, "That catches my eye. I want to go watch that." Yeah, exactly. So again, I feel bad for you and your generation because you will never have that experience. Yeah, but we have the more lesser version of, like, Disney Plus, Netflix, and such. Where it's like, you see the, you, like, scroll through and you find it. But it's not the same, I get it. Yeah, it, it's it's all in the marketing. 
But again, it's just physically having something in your hand and, and then looking at it going, that looks really badass, and then flip it over and go, da, 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 da. that's me reading, and go, wow, that is something special. I want to know more about this. I want to take this, I want to go through the effort of physically taking this to a, a person, say, take this empty case, put something in it, I want to take it home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me my VHS tape. <laughs> um, I, I, no, I feel bad for you. I do. Yeah. That's another reason why I'm so excited to watch this movie. Because I remember that experience when I was 10. And I was like, oh my god, I finally get to watch this movie with you. Yep. After, and, after such a long time. Yeah, I was really excited about that. And another thing, just... Com- you just like, you got so excited you just slapped yourself in the face. My glasses fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. But, Let's talk about movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> oh, I hurt myself. Are you okay? You okay, dude? <laughs> Tear. Okay. Go on. Okay, finish your story. Yeah. Another thing. Another one of the first things I saw about this movie was. Um, the werewolf at the museum and the werewolf like running on the side of the screen running down the street mm-hmm. and that was the part that got me excited about the movie too because i'm like oh look at this wolf it looks so cool just going down the street nipping at people like, yeah no, i want to see that yeah it was the mach- the mechanics and the effects were just so beyond their time and to this day I challenge anyone to do better. Yeah. Like, if you can create a wolf or, like, just anything for that matter that looks like that, and, like, you can put it in a movie and give it, like, fluent motions. Yeah, and have people still talk about it 40 years later. Yeah, have have people... It was just a really cool animatronic puppet type thing. Mm-hmm. It was just... I really liked it. Best highlight of the movie for me. Excellent. So, again, on that note, that's all I got. 1981, An American Werewolf in London. Yep. I have my movie picked out for next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet, because I oh, want to... secrets. Well, not secrets. It's it's a different. You just don't know, do you? Oh, I know. I know. It's got a... It's got a... It's got a 1980s... Sorry. A 1990s all-star cast. So... Mm. So, you'll 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 like it. Any, any thoughts on what you're doing next week? No, I'm not telling you. Because you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, let's wrap this up this week. Um, please yep. feel free to find us on Facebook and on uh, Twitter at FD Horror House. Uh, yes, I will be updating that Twitter very soon. I've been pretty lacking on it, but I will get around to yeah, it. I haven't been feeling too great this week. Yeah. And helping... Uh, Helping with uh, some doing some moving. Yeah, all that all that jazz. Um, it definitely gets. I have lots of photos of behind the scenes. I'll send you, and you can put those up. Right. Thank you. I'll give them posts because again, just watching this creature down the street of London is yeah it was amazing. Like really, and like its facial features too, like the lips go up. That snarl. Like dog. Oh. Again, there's one movie, my favorite after this, my favorite werewolf movie is Ginger Snaps. Oh, yes, Ginger Snaps. You've told me about that many times. That's a 2000 movie. I can't touch it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to cover it, hey, Halloween's coming up. 
in 10 months. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's a... <laughs> I just, that just kind of deflated me. I was like, anyway. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's not even... It, it's still snowing out, sir. Um, it's February. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I was, <laughs> was kind of hoping to do a, a Valentine's Day theme this week. But, um, you know, we got behind... Yeah. And Valentine sucks. Yeah, I mean, it kind of does. And there's like two Valentine's Day horror movies, so... Yeah, the one my mind went to was My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, and then there was uh, just Valentine, which is like some guy in a Cupid mask, which is, you know, so be it. I think Denise Richards in that movie, and the guy who played uh, Angel and Buffy. Angel David, and Buffy? Yeah, David something. I don't know my 90s culture, apparently. Mm. Okay, so let's wrap this bastard yeah, up. It's let's going go up, home. Going about forty-five minutes here. Sweet. I thought we were gonna run short today. Yeah, me too. All right. So to all our, what do you think of this? Uh, all these podcasts out there who have no little nicknames for their uh, their groups. Yes. Uh, how about this? Our listeners will call them uh, horror house guests. Horror house guests. Yeah. Oh, you just got a little reminder there. Sorry, I was looking at that. You have sixty-minute limit. Oh, snap, son. Yes, but horror house guests. I like it. I like it. I do. All right. So to all our house guests from this point forward, let us we'll, know what you think of the name. Yeah, drop us a line on uh, Twitter and let us have any, any if you have any thoughts of what we can do for next week or the weeks following. If you have any recommendations. Uh, so until next episode. We'll be right back. back.